Welcome to episode 306 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Bill Fratley is the only bag you'll need to bring to training and they also have travel bags and suitcases as well. Last week I went away for a night. Not only did I fit everything I would fit in my old 5.11 tactical bag, more comfortably than I would in that bag, I also fit my old 5.11 tactical bag in as well, just to see if I could do it. And I could, easily. Crazy amount of space, builtfratleys.com and use CPW15 for savings on there. Fitter recently launched integration with Zapier, which means integration with Gmail, Wix, Google products, Circle, and more. It's all included for coaches in the monthly package now, making it even easier for you to stand out and a better option for you for your programming delivery. Get.fitter.training to try it, or just stay where you are and lag behind before inevitably realizing the error of your ways and having to play catch-up later on. Speaking of playing catch-up, have you, like me, avoided mobility work for essentially your entire life? GoWad has you covered. Download the app, start the free trial, do your mobility test with blind confidence, and once you've finished your little sob when you see your results, get to work on their extensive library of movements. If you're looking to baffle and bamboozle your friends with phrases like, my HRV is crazy high today, or hey, check out my RHR on body temp, you can go to join.whoop.com forward slash cpw and join Whoop. Anyone that sticks around when you've started talking about it is either a true friend or a fellow CrossFitter. The news with LSKD. LSKD have relaunched their value series. So now you can browse lskd.co for multiple colors of the six values that make LSKD what it is. The Irish Fitness Championships were on last weekend in Limerick. Ty Lawless came out on top of the men's RX ahead of Rory Foster and Daniel Crawford. With Mary Kate Foran and Keelan Coleman finishing behind Amanda Cummins on the female podium at Irish Fitness Championships for full division leaderboards and recaps, as well as details on 2024's event. The Butterfly Effect, an Aussie competition that was founded in 2016, is raising awareness and f- is raising awareness and funds for dealing with eating disorders through the Butterfly Foundation on the sixth of August they'll be coming to the UK they'll be hosting an event at CrossFit North London and on the 13th of August they'll be in CrossFit 3D in Manchester for beginners intermediates and advanced with four workouts over each day you can go to butterflyeffectcomp.com to find out more and to get involved today's guest is Michelle Basnett in what is probably my top five episodes to date Michelle and I chat about burnout working with self-made qualifying through africa and peaks and troughs of competing in crossfit enjoy listen share and tag cool okay so yeah i made i made this like background yesterday and i was like as far as i can tell there's no way to test it so i just did i said okay we'll do we're I'm, i'm doing like i'm changing the look and stuff on wednesday and this will be coming out next Wednesday on like audio and stuff. So I was like, I'll start with this one and I'll change the background and I'll make white boxes to go around the edge of the frame or whatever, like to frame the person that's on it. And then I was waiting for you to come on. I was like, fuck, if these don't line up right. <laughs> but they're actually they look fine. good. Yeah, they yeah, look good. I'm happy with them. Um, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's rest day for me today. So oh, okay. I've just been chilling uh monday's a weird rest day is it yeah a little bit but i mean i guess it's normal for in season you know yeah i would have always pegged like thursday that's like or something yeah yeah i feel like it's typically thursday and sunday but then if we compete over the weekends you compete sunday so rest monday Mm -hmm. but i swim thursdays and then the rest of the day is kind of rest so 
Um, and do you, uh, so do you, are you, are you mimicking, are you trying to mimic like the intensity yet? No. Are you like, let's go crazy big on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. I mean, me and Taylor just did a pretty heavy weekend Friday through Sunday. Okay. Um, and, and we trained together the whole weekend. So that was quite good, but, um, we're still kind of like building volume. And then over the next few weeks, we'll start switching into some more intensity and then we'll do a mock weekend at some point. I just don't know when. Okay. Probably like not just the week before, I guess. You don't have many weeks left. It's crazy, isn't it? Like it's really. It, yeah. It's short. I mean, like I was the first semi. So I feel like I have the most amount of time to games train, which is great. But it's still only like eight weeks. And that's not that much. You know, it's like two months. Yeah. It's not even yeah. though, is it? Really? 26th. It's a month. Right. Yeah. it's We finished. It's a month and like three days or it's like the 29th July. of july isn't it yeah 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 mm-hmm. um yeah because i'm still at work <laughs> so we have i'm a te- i'm a like an elementary school teacher but oh, we nice. have um we have this weird like calendar system so there's set days that we have to take off we have to take two weeks the same two weeks off at christmas the same two weeks off at easter um and the same you have to be in school for the same amount of days but everything outside of that is at your own discretion. So, like, my wife is a teacher as well, and she finished last Friday, but I don't finish until this Friday because wow. we took, like, an extra two days in, like, half term and an extra day, like, you know, at the June, like, public holiday or whatever. So all those times when I was excessively gloating about, oh, you have to go to work, oh, that's so shit for you. Now it's really just coming back of, like, remember that time that you wouldn't let me live it down? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have, like this at this week then we're going on like a family holiday for like two weeks and then basically like the week after i come back at the end of that week i go to madison so it's really like that's my gauge of like it's really close um, yeah it feels sur- close if, yeah if i survive the family holiday and if you survive the games training yeah games training with taylor too <laughs> like... yeah family family holiday with my kids i actually don't know which is worse <laughs> which yeah. is more likely to kill someone um <laughs> you're very popular I, I feel like a lot of this uh well, you're popular anyway but i feel like you gained a new audience with um your appearance on savannah show that was very good oh look at that nick's complimenting sound he, he makes it look like he's going to compliment you but then he compliments both of us um <laughs> hi guys watching from ireland talk i'm talking from ireland so that makes two of us uh that's Michael. pretty cool um yeah so you were fantastic on that on savannah show um like really good if anyone wants to go and watch a good podcast with michelle they can go watch that um i so i didn't really know anything about you um i guess i knew like your i knew you from like instagram and i knew you from seeing you at like the games whatever three years ago 21 yeah Yeah. 2021 um but outside of that i didn't really know much i kind of have a vague i've i've got this thing where i remember like really just inconsequential things about sport but then I can't name like five of my co-workers <laughs> so like <laughs> I was like I knew where you had trained previously I knew there was a link to Brute I knew mm-hmm. there was like I remember seeing you tagging like Matt Tars and stuff ages ago and I knew there was some kind of link there um but then it was through like Will and Taylor that I became more familiar um and I'm glad I did like that Savannah episode was fantastic um, Thank you. but yeah, you, 
in uh, that's all I'm going to say about him now. Though I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. He, in uh, in 2022, no, 2021 uh-huh. and 2022, you went to South Africa. Is that right to compete? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yes. So I the first time I went to um. So you did, that, you did fit us in Cape Town in mm-hmm. like 20, 2019. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the sanction, I wouldn't sanctional, mm-hmm. which <laughs> doomed sanctional year. Right, exactly. But yeah. that was one of like the sickest comps I've ever done. We had like an obstacle course workout. We had a full on beach workout with like a rig and prone boards. We had a mountain run. I mean, they did so many things. That was like one of the coolest comps. Was that was that sanctional? And then. Um, when they change the rules, you can, you know, compete for whichever continent. And I chose Africa. Then I've been trying to make it since, uh, yeah, I guess 20, I, you know what? Fittest must've been 2018 and then 2019, they switched it. Then 2020 and then made it 2021. So. Um, what's it like? Like, do you get much shit from like either from Americans going over to Africa to compete or from Africans arriving over from America to compete? Um, you, like shit as in like for competing for Africa, is that what you mean? Yeah, like do you get people saying like, oh, that bitch is coming over here and like take one of our spots or like Americans being like, oh, fuck her, like, you know, leaving America yeah. to compete somewhere else? Americans, no, but um, South Africans, yes. And I think it was because, you know, the first year that they changed the rules and I decided to go compete for South Africa, um, was also the same year that I made it. And so they, well, I guess I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. But the the year I made it, like I got a lot of flack for that and um, like a lot of hate for taking that spot. And then the following year. Do you mean like post, like Um, after you came back to America or like in person while there were they like? Yeah, I got in person was it was just very cold, um, very standoffish, very icy from the other competitors. And I mean, even, you know, the spectators and stuff um, From kickoff, like from the first three to one go. Or do you mean after at the end? Like, um, I would say, uh, honestly, after was okay. was mainly. Yeah, is when it started with when I took the spot the first time. And I, I remember like I, I won and they take you straight to drug testing and fittest did like an after party outside of the venue and so i did my drug testing and like an hour and a half later i came out and everybody's like outside like having a beer eating pizza and stuff and i walked out and not like i was expecting anything but like i kid you not when i say there's probably like 50 70 people outside and like just like looks like just stares like i didn't get one congratulations like nothing from like the entire venue. <laughs> i was like Oh, they really don't like this. <laughs> Who is coaching um, you then? Uh, Mike Ratnowski, which um, CrossFit Cornelius is a, a gym that's a bit closer to me. So that's the gym that I started out with. Yeah. And did he go with you? He did. That year he went with me. Um, and then 2022, he was still my coach during that time, like through the season, but he didn't come out to Cape Town with me for 2022. And then that year I lost the spot. So. Okay. Um. And was he was he walking out with you as well, like at that awkward kind of eyeing up time or like side, yeah. side looks? Yeah. And, you know, he um, yeah, he was with me at the time and it 
it's kind of one of those things like I do understand their perspective because they are dealing with um, a lot more variables than like I would say I'm dealing with as far as trying to make elite competition happen. Um, but now, you know, we're three years later and like between last year and this year, there's so many people coming from outside of Africa. I mean, Australia, Europe, mm. like, and there was a lot of people from America last year. It was really, I think too, just like my face was like the first face, especially taking the spot, like the first person to do it that first year. I don't think there was too many outsiders. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I got the brunt of it. And then on top of that, like I am an American too. And so in, in South Africans eyes, like, it's just, it doesn't seem fair. And I get that. Um, but like the level of competition over here is I guess higher in a sense, you know, in America. Um, and I would say in Europe too, but, um, it's, it's just a deeper field. Like, you know, it's exactly. like, the, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, um, if, if it wasn't me taking that spot, it's still going to be just as challenging, you yeah. know, it's like, and last year I missed the spot for, uh, many reasons. And then this year, it's not like I just walked away with a ticket. Um, I think, the first year it was, it was between me, Michelle Moran and Dina Swift. And it was, wasn't as tight. Um, and then the next year, again, it was, there was more people in the field coming from all over. And then this year, like it was tight all weekend long. Like mm. I, I had one point lead going into that last workout. And so it was make or break 100%. And so it's like, you know, the level is stepping up over there 100%, but it's just going to take a bit longer to grow. So. Well, um, I'm trying to remember the girl's name. Is it Christine or something? She's like a Zimbabwean mm -hmm. that lives in Australia. Australia. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, great it, athlete. Yeah, she like fucked up the first event, but only for that, it would have been even closer than it finished. Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think for her, um, and I don't want to speak for her, but I know that she came in closer to the competition and there is altitude in Johannesburg. Yeah. And a lot of like, I, I came at least a week prior to adjust. And so I, I, you know, no doubt that maybe kind of like was hard for her to navigate. And I think there was two ways to approach it. Like either come a week or so out so you can adjust or like come right before and like not really let it hit you. But I mean, I came a week out and the next day was trying to work out and it hit me right away. Like, <laughs> and yeah. coming from Australia is a long trip as well. So, um, but she's a great athlete for sure. I think as well, it's not like it's jet lag. It's like it's altitude. Yeah. Like it's gonna, you know, like jet lag is like, you can probably get away with that of like, oh, fuck it, I'll just go the day before and just go to bed early that night, try and get through it. But altitude is like, you have to breathe. <laughs> you know, like yes. it's still gonna affect. Um, yeah. So what about then? So that first year you went, you um, you had your coach with you and you got a bit of, not like, I suppose just a cold shoulder, I guess is how you describe mm -hmm. it. But then that, uh the next year when you didn't take the ticket like did you was the was the coldness felt when you arrived the next year because now you were the girl that had taken the ticket and now was coming back to try and take again like did you feel like it was evident throughout the weekend or was it similar um yeah it was pretty uh evident last year I don't think that like I was um you know I had a target on my back but then I also had like a another target on my back like oh. I I really don't think that they wanted me to um take the lead last year in any sense and um you know 
I, those guys over there that took fittest over from the original guy that was running it, um, they had to kind of like maybe learn how to run a competition. It had some speed bumps last year for sure. It was much better this year. Like mm. they absolutely crushed it. Um, but last year all around, like from just judging and like the standard that was being held um, was a little bit unwavering throughout the weekend. And so um, I also wasn't at my best last year. I was in the middle of a major burnout and I was still trying to compete. So it, it no matter what happened over the weekend and how the comp was run, it was so good that I didn't take that spot because I don't even think I would have lasted through to make the games. Yeah. Um, but, or you might've made it and given up forever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, so, but this year coming back into it, I've, you know, put a lot of that aside and it's like, if people want to hate, they can hate. Um, I am following the rules. I do see their side of it, but you know, um, for them trying to be a full-time athlete really isn't a thing. They have to have jobs. They have to support themselves. You know, they have things like power outages for like eight hours in the day. Yeah. They have less access to equipment. You And I get it. Like those are real things that they're dealing with day to day. Um, but no doubt that they're still like at a great level. Like I said, the girls over the weekend, like it wasn't a walk in the park. Um, the, the top five girls around me, it was between us uh, like four or five the whole weekend. And it was, you know, it was hard. So um, yeah, I, that's just where I'm at with it. You know, it, it's not something I used to take it on. I actually felt really bad about it for a long time and um, would let like the comments and stuff get to me. But um, I just, don't where, where would you see the comments like online or just, yeah, like some some stuff on social media, um, you know, people would make comments about it. I still get some stuff that sometimes that is like, you know, she shouldn't be competing for Africa and stuff. And um, I understand that I like grew up in America. <laughs> such dickheads. <laughs> like, like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, like I was born there. My family's from there. Like, well, you have a passport, here. don't you? Yeah, I have a passport. Well, that's like, the I'm, line. Like, because like Emma McQuaid, had, <laughs> Emma McQuaid had that here as well, where hmm. she like she got so much shit for competing under the Irish, like for being Irish. Mm. And she got shit for competing under the union Jack, like for great Britain. And she was like, yeah, she was like, I'm told where to compete. Like she was like, if I'm told you're in the UK, it's like, okay, I'll compete in the UK. It's like, Oh, now the the line has changed. You're on the Island of Ireland. So now you're Irish. It's like, okay, I'm Irish. And it's like, she was like, if I could choose, I would choose to represent ireland but like mm-hmm. i can't always choose like she was like ireland don't enter the commonwealth game so i represent northern ireland and she was like you know back when i was fittest in the uk or second fittest in the uk or whatever and went to the games it was like because i was told i was it wasn't like i was like what do you want to do but mm-hmm. then like people just look for they just i yeah. don't know, proje- project their own shit onto other like do you know like you're saying there about like you understand how the athletes over their feet but i mean it's just it's a loser's mentality it's like I mean, she's there. Like you're in in their eyes, they should be saying, "Okay, well, she's there, or someone else would be here." So I just have yeah. to beat whoever's in front of me, regardless of what their circumstances and what my circumstances. Right. Like, sucks for you that you've got blackouts, but I mean, connect your fucking assault bike to the generator and get going. <laughs> you know, like, maybe that's a bit it, harsh, but like, <laughs> it like it it really. I mean, like they really do have like just so much in their day that's it's com- completely different to if you're putting it to America. Like I, I yeah. will, I will say that, you know, but like, if you're going to say, well, you're an American and that means you have an advantage. 
like, even when you come to the States and you make the games, like you are now against Americans. So that, that is not mm. going to change. That standard's always going to be there. And so it's like, if anything, like, Hey, I'm, I'm bringing that to you guys. Like, you know, it's not an easy trip for me to go out there price wise at, at all. And it's, um, the adjustment of food and altitude and time zone, all that stuff. Like it's, it plays a role just as much, um, on my side of things. And then for that too, like I've, I've been a sponsored athlete, but on a very low level, in my opinion, like I've never really financially benefited off CrossFit in any sense. So like I've had to do the same thing. Like I still have to work to support my training and being an athlete, like there is no um, advantage in that sense. Like I still have a job, you know, like, do you, so... do you think, is that, is that a very common misconception? Do you think that because you have, cause I would have assumed that, right, that right. because you have like, Oh, she's got a big following on Instagram ergo. She has like, you know, sponsorships, like she's lying on a bed of money at night. Uh, right. Well, maybe not that extreme or do a, uh, uh, comforter of money um yeah do you think is that a common misconception that if you're well known that must mean that you have more means than other people yeah I think and maybe not for everybody but I do think that's on the side of um South Africans or Africa or whatnot I think that's probably the assumption that they have and since I've started CrossFit like when I first made the games that year that I made the games I was full-time coaching like 30 40 hours a week as well as uh, full-time training. Um, yeah. well, I guess maybe like 2030, but like I was in the gym morning to evening. And I know that's what a lot of other athletes still do. Um, but that's, that's just, yeah. If I had the reality of like being a fully sponsored athlete, that'd be great. But like, that's not it for me. Um, I've had some sponsorships, but it's never been enough to be like financially, um, I guess stable, you know? So I've always had a job on the side is it annoying like or frustrating or whatever where like say um I i'm assuming uh and you can dodge this question or you can correct me whichever um <laughs> i'm assuming that like once you qualify for the games it's easier to get support um but that the support you get is very short-lived as in like you might get offers of like oh yeah we'll sponsor you until like the second of august or like, oh yeah, we'll sponsor you, but it's like, you know, kickback rather than here's like financials, like direct financial support. Or oh yeah, we'll sponsor you, but like there's always going to be a caveat. Whereas like, I don't know. I think people again, like there's maybe a misconception that if you qualify for the games, people would just like, you know, write you a blank, not a blank check, but a big check. Right. Like I saw there's a guy, um, a Polish guy, <laughs> Polish guy signed a deal with. Uh, T or TY or whatever mm. um, and like you could see the contract on the picture like oh. you could see now you couldn't see like the numbers or anything but you, oh, could, okay. see, you could see the date and you could see mm. that it ran until like the 4th of August or the you know whatever yeah. the end of August and it's like yeah. obviously if you're an athlete you're like wow this is brilliant but there, if I, if that was me there will be part of me that's like so you don't think I can do it again like you don't think I'm you think I'm worth sponsoring as far as this date and then we'll revisit it as opposed to like, we trust you. We believe in you. Here's a year or yeah. whatever. I think now it depends on the brand's kind of business model and what they're shooting for. I think that, you know, when CrossFit first came into the space and like Reebok was big, right? Like Reebok handed out these like massive contracts and like that kind of grew together. And then it flipped over to Noble 
and, um, you know, Noble handed out contracts as well. But as that's happened, social media has grown into like this marketing platform, like massive marketing platform. And so there's so many other ways for brands and businesses to market and make money off of like selling products through people without Mm. being like, oh, I have a main athlete. Like I, they don't necessarily need one person now. Like, I feel like it's one route or the other, right? You can like have one main athlete that can probably pull stuff in for you, or you can have like a hundred people where you just give them product and now a hundred people are in your product. And so like, which one's going to pull more for that brand? Mm. I, I think there's like this pullback or at least what I've experienced um, from handing out like solid contracts or the price of those contracts has gone down like just drastically. Um, And so even with like, I used to think, especially like before making the games, like I was like, oh, well you need to make the games and you need to um, have a large following to get sponsorships. So like, that's what I was kind of just working Mm. towards for a long time is like a making the games, obviously that's number one goal. And then, B is growing my social media, um, which was like my high school Instagram. I just like kept posting my, my CrossFit videos over the years, you know, like, um, and so I figured that that would kind of like equal that out. But now there's like a lot of branding that comes into it and like, you know, how you portray yourself through social media. Um, and so, yeah, I haven't had the best experience with it and I haven't had the best experience with like agents or managers either. Like I haven't had a lot of great guidance as far as, you know, branding and what that looks like for an athlete. Um, And so I don't know what other athletes are experiencing, but like, for example, something with like tier, right. They're going to hand out maybe these short contracts for the games um, to get a bunch of athletes in the games. But I guarantee you those athletes are just in clothes. It's not paid. You know what I mean? Well, shoes. Cause she doesn't wear clothes. So it's just like, it's like, wear our shoes. It would give you $2,000 or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. It's something, it's something minimal like that, but like, they're not going to hand out year long contracts. And that's what you essentially want. You want longer contracts so that you are building up a salary through a couple of different brands. But like, um, it's nice. It's nice to get support say now. Because right. if you're if you're coaching, you can pull back on your coaching a bit if you have this extra stream of income. But like right. when it really matters is like October, November, December. Like they're they're the ones where it's like you know that's where the hay is put in the barn. So like if you right. can't, if you don't have support in that period, it's you know not working. Mm-hmm. So it's worth a lot less. Um, when you talk about branding and like the the your brand as an athlete, so that's something. Um. Now, I don't mean any offense by anything I'm mm-hmm. going to say. Okay. <laughs> but I had a perception of what you were like. Mm, before, I, I've had that a lot. <laughs> before, say, talking to like Will. Like okay. I had I had a perception of what you were like. And then I was speaking to Will and like Will's really nice. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he'll yeah. always, I could be like, I could send him like a tirade of about like 20 messages about something that's pissing me off or someone that's pissing me off. And he'll be like, oh, I always try and give people the benefit of the doubt. And like at the time, I'm like, fuck you, Will, get angry with me. Like, you need to agree yeah. with me. But then I'm like, I really admire that. Like, he's obviously a good Christian boy or whatever. Um, but like when he kind of was, he was like talking about you more and more. And he was talking about like, you know, self-made and Taylor and everything. And then I was kind of like, God, like I really didn't see that lining up. Like I really didn't mm-hmm. have, like when I think of Taylor self and what I know of him and then what I thought I knew, of you I was Mm. like this makes 
like could not make less sense <laughs> in my head like look at these two it's like when you look at something that you know like is trying to line up but it's like they're just always going to miss each other I don't get it um but then having I kind of I think after talking to Will I was kind of like okay like you know they obviously know something I don't know they're spending time around stuff and then watching the self-made YouTube the videos that Will's making and then like seeing you on savannah and stuff i was like okay i totally misjudged like i mean like fuck me for judging someone but like still <laughs> um i totally misread like what you're about and like the way you tick and stuff um and is that i'm curious because your your instagram seems to have changed a lot in the last say like eight to 12 months I'm curious, is that like, did you feel like the way that your Instagram used to be or this, this side of yourself that you showed on your Instagram prior to say now, do you think was mm. that something that you like thought that your brand was supposed to be or thought that you were supposed to be doing? So, you know, like I didn't really look at it as branding for a long time. Like I didn't understand the idea of like self-branding or even really branding as an athlete. I think I struggled to look at myself as an athlete for a long time. It's like I wanted that game's title before it felt legitimate in any sense. And um, I didn't have any direction with my Instagram other than like just post, right? Like yeah. I'm just sharing what I'm doing. Um, and then when I did get my first contract of now it's like, okay, well, you're getting my first contract was born primitive. And that was like a two-year contract, which is the longest one that I've had. Um, now you're getting paid to post, right? And so now it turns into this like job in a sense that you're like, okay, well, now I have to put more thought into it. Do, do they look at like your reach and stuff? Like say, do they just care that you're posting or are they like how many eyes are on that? Well, when I first signed up with them, I don't think that that was really a part of Instagram yet. Yeah. Um, and so then after I think that really kind of came about insights and stuff maybe came about late 2021 or 2022 and mm. you also have to have a certain amount of following um to read or a certain it. amount of yeah on page engagement or like um things on your page that allow that I guess I don't yeah. know how it works but they did eventually but when I first came on no that wasn't like a thing and then that's the other part of it it's like okay how much engagement is my profile pulling like what how do I keep it up like blah blah, blah. and on top of all that like you're trying to be an athlete and that's always been my main thing. And now it's like, Oh, well, we're also expecting you to be an influencer. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, that's not what I came into this space doing in the first place, you know? Um, and so I think that there are really good like pages and like uh, brands and stuff, like other athletes that are branding really well and whatnot. Um, whether they've done it themselves or they've had help with it, you know, like, I don't know. Um, but I've just only, I could only do so much. Like I could only coach so much in the day, be an athlete on top of that. And then also run this like Instagram of making and editing my own videos, thinking of a caption, like that was started to be a job in itself, you know? Um, and so when I had my big burnout year and I still had these where I didn't, I didn't want to step in the gym. Like I was, just absolutely trashed and I still had these Instagram posts to make oh, it just yeah. was like exhausting like I hated it so much and I didn't really know what to share what I wanted to share and for me that year was like a big time to kind of figure myself out in its own sense outside of CrossFit and so 
Instagram for me completely went on the back burner. Um, and I posted throughout the year, but like what I was internally trying to like figure out and deal with and navigate myself, like that wasn't something I was going to go put at the forefront of my social media, you know, like I didn't even understand what I was dealing with. So it's like, I'm not going to go share all these things in my life when I'm still trying to navigate them. So I kind of, I I've had that comment before where like, I, people have had a different perception of me and that, that it's, I'm different when they meet me in person and they like, they're surprised. And I'm still kind of confused on like what that perception is, like what I was maybe giving across or coming across as the last like year or so. <laughs> but it was, it's more so that I just didn't have the energy to put anything towards it. It wasn't, I was really trying to like take care of myself and like get in a mentally like healthy state. I didn't, care what my Instagram was portraying or what I was putting across like that to me, social media was like bottom of my list, you know? Yeah. And when I started, I think think that was the, that was a perception I had. I think I had the perception of like the opposite. Like I had the perception that like, um, and again, I don't mean (laughs) like I I'm annoyed at myself for having a perception based off, you know what I mean? But like, I'll do it. Yeah. I think I had the perception that like maybe the game's, was second and maybe Instagram was first. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Based off just all that I was seeing, because all Mm -hmm. that I was seeing, especially if you're saying that you basically weren't essentially weren't training for that period of time. Yeah. uh, The stuff I was seeing was basically out of context then. So like my assumption then was based on you not having what would have been an authentic social media page anyway. Um, Yeah. I'm qualifying it too much, but like, I think my, (laughs) I think my perception was that like, oh, uh, this girl wants to be like famous on Instagram. She wants to Mm -hmm. have contracts based off her Instagram following. She's like, uh, like she's really attractive and she's using that as her like, um, you know, like, um, yeah, uh, leverage lever or whatever on Instagram. And I think that was my assumption. And then when I heard the Taylor South thing lining up, I was like, oh no, hang on, something's not lining up there because <laughs> that he, I don't see him aligning himself with someone that would be like the person that I think she's like. And right. then when Will made the videos and stuff, I was like, okay, I was way off. <laughs> like my, my, <laughs> yeah. my assumptions were way off base. Um, so yeah, but we all know what Assume did, I suppose. Yeah. And you know, like you're not the, like last year I had other people, some other athletes that like I hadn't even really met before kind of make the same comments to me and really only meet, meeting them briefly in senses. And it was kind of just this, like, um, you know, you don't really like, I guess, portray your personality or like portray yourself yeah. through your social media or stuff like that. And, um, it wasn't intentional for me too. It was like, okay, well I'll, I'll keep my Instagram surviving. Like I did post like for some yeah. reason, like my Italy posts were like a turning point for people. It was like, I don't know why, but like I've had comments on those. It's like, I don't know when you went to Italy, like it just all changed. I'm like, I don't, y'all, I was, on, I was really on a boat. Like I was on pro- a boat. That's proximity you. though. I, I, like, that's, it's either conscious or subconscious, but that's proximity because my opinion of you changed when I saw okay. you hanging around with like Jake was there and like people who I have spoken to and who I do know. And then when I saw you with them, I was like, oh, maybe I do have something off then. And then the Taylor okay. thing happened. I was like, I definitely have something off. But I think <laughs> either consciously or subconsciously for those people, 
I reckon it's proximity based where they're like, oh, that's a different social circle than I would have had her pegged in. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I get like, I I get that I kind of teeter that line of like, just influencer or athlete. And, you know, for me, I guess it was like, when it did become a job, it wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily fun anymore. Now it's like, oh, like, I have to produce content for this company. And it's not like I've ever thought about like, okay, what's that content looking like? Like, what's that, you know what I mean? And this is all mid, like, either games training or afterwards of this massive burnout year that I had. Um, And so, yeah, like, I totally get where that probably all came from. And in general, I feel like I'm somebody that like, I just connect better with people in person. Like, I personally myself can get a better idea of who I'm connecting with if they're standing in front of me, and I can like, feel that energy and I can talk to that person and spend time with them and experience something with them. Like, that's how I like to connect with people. I'm not like a person that like likes to text all the time or, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And so um, it has been something that's, you know, come to my attention. And I do want to eventually get to a point where maybe I am portraying, this is what I've been told like my personality a bit better across well, that's, my social that's media that's platform. what i said that's what i said to will because will was yeah. like oh yeah um you know he was like oh myself and taylor are giving a bit of help with like you know managing stuff outside of like training and stuff and i i think it was after i'd seen one or two of the self-made things and i was like just get her to show her you know like just to show that side of what she's like all the time and like just have a constant stream of that on on every platform and she'll do fine um because it is and i i totally empathize with what you're saying where like sometimes like i said to my wife earlier on like there's a new sponsor coming on the show and my wife was like uh i was like oh yeah they they agreed like it's great and then she's like oh brilliant like what are you going to do now and i was like i don't have a fucking clue i was like (laughs) i was like i can't remember what i said to them i can't remember like we had a meeting but it was like there was no email or anything so I can't remember what I said I do but I said I do things but like I get that all the time and like mm-hmm. um and this is asking here she's like why are captions so hard captions oh are yeah. so fucking hard because mm-hmm. you're like you want it it has to be like there has to be something kind of witty in it at least like to right. please some people there has to be something maybe like thought-provoking or poignant to please other people or you can go down the route of like really fucking pissing people off and like mm-hmm. that if you if all your after is engagement like just have at it um, and <laughs> yeah. say like crossfit is shit and just leave comments open um but like it is hard and th- and there's that originality thing that you want to be different and you want to be original and you want to be like interesting or funny or whatever but then mm-hmm. there's also that fear of like well what if i try something new and it doesn't work or other people don't like it or i like it but other people don't like it or what if i try mm-hmm. something different but then the old thing worked way better. So then I go back to the old thing, but then maybe that's boring and maybe I need to change. So what I started doing about like a year and a half ago is I was like, fuck it. If it makes me laugh, I'll post it. If I think yeah. it's, if I think it's thought provoking, I'll post it. If I think it's mm-hmm. good, I'll post it. Um, And like, I mean, it's really slow growth, but there is growth there. But like, right. you, I think you just have to be authentic. Like, and like right. people, you, you know, you often hear that, but most of the people that you hear that from are, talking out of the side of their mouth and then mm-hmm. the other side of their mouth they're saying like you know what sponsorship can i get if i do x y and z you know like it, there is authenticity yeah like that's genuine mm-hmm. authenticity and then there's yeah. like oh i'm so authentic and it's like really <laughs> authentic though? um yeah but yeah. i think once once you do like once you post things that are your own story or once you're like it's your mm-hmm. own voice all the time 
A, like the mask can never slip because it's not a mask. Mm-hmm. Like B, you'll never be caught out or like found out or you'll never have to be like, oh, I need to psych myself up now for meeting yeah. people or for what if they don't like me? The way, like, do you know, mm-hmm. like, all that stuff is gone. So then at yeah. least that paranoia of, I don't know, like, um, like failing to deliver or whatever is gone. Mm-hmm. Because if you fail to deliver then for someone, that means all along you've been failing to deliver because you've right. just been the same the whole way through. But right. it is, it's a yeah. fucking minefield. Like, it's really hard. Yeah, exactly. And it, like you know, before kind of like, I think maybe before TikTok, because I feel like TikToks would kind of change a lot of things as far as like an influencer goes, like it almost legitimized a lot of that, like hmm. making content and like making money off content, like truly like, you know, if you find a, a niche and like, say you're like funny, like Sam, um, what's his last name? Uh, yeah. yeah, like he's hilarious. You know, like he's got his yeah. niche, like he's got a good thing going. Like, um, I feel like that's what really legitimized the whole idea of it was like kind of, TikTok as well. And so, you know, pre games for me, like if I was filming myself in my gym or like trying to take a picture with a product, like I got so much shit for that. Like I got so (laughs) much flack from members and like my family and like, you know, it was not legitimate pre for me when I was kind of like still building up. And so it's like, you have to take a lot of that brunt as well that like people are like, Oh, you're so full of yourself. And like, Oh my God, you're always taking selfies and like blah, blah, blah. And like now that like, social media is a branding platform it's like oh it's kind of okay depending on i guess how you deliver it but um it hasn't been an easy route for me (laughs) trying to like do that you know so it's like yeah it's not that i um yeah i I don't mean to come across in in a particular way but i've definitely had like other things going on in the background and um even this season like having will help me do that has been huge um it's just just, taking just that give way. him just give him your passwords just, just <laughs> no, say like here, yeah. there you go. <laughs> that's what we did for yeah. semifinals. don't yeah, let exactly. him into don't let him into your dms but give him your passwords <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think anybody don't wants think, to go in there uh, yeah he doesn't want to go in there anyways <laughs> oh no he's bring like yeah. a hazmat suit or something like that. um okay yeah. so uh you mentioned burnout there a few times um mm. that that year that 2022 21 into 22 i suppose um at what point did you know that that's what was happening like at what point were you like like because i'm assuming at the start you're like oh i don't really want to train and then it's like oh Mm -hmm. i really don't want to train and it's like oh i'm tired or whatever but at what point Mm -hmm. does it become like oh fuck like this is like when was it after the fact that you realized what it was um i it was after semifinals that i realized it and i think i just like was denying it for like a really long time um, it happened, it started day two at the games for me, which was really like a shitty time for it to happen. Yeah. Um, Why did it feel I, like that day, that day too? Like, what, what were you noticing? I, I remember I woke up that day and like, I could feel it kind of building over the week. Like I'd, I'd made the games, like this was a six year goal that I'd like finally achieved. Mm. And I was just not that interested. I like, was like, damn, I have to do this. Like, I have to go compete. Like, I'm so exhausted. Like, I didn't really want to compete. And then day two, I woke up and I remember like, I just had no thought process. Like I couldn't think I wasn't connected to my body in any sense. I had just these like emotional, like surges coming up. Like I just, I literally cried the entire day in the back of the arena. And then I would go compete and then come back and just cry. (laughs) It was ridiculous, but it was, um, 
Sh- it it's it's actually- shocking that that never made the documentary. <laughs> that wasn't right. just like <laughs> right. a collage of like <laughs> a montage of you crying to eighties music. <laughs> Honestly, it probably would have done really well. Like, yeah. and um, like, was there was were there like more like say veteran competitors like checking in on you, or were people just like, oh, don't look, don't make eye contact? Uh, and look, like I saw other people crying at other points in the weekend too but you know for whatever reason they had their own like it's a very emotional weekend like you have to you have to be really in tune with yourself and like understand your emotions and understand how to handle them and at the time I like I didn't know how to do that like I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to kind of like self-regulate those emotions um or even understand what I was feeling and so but no 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 checking in on it's it's a it's to each like everybody's taking care of themselves like <laughs> nobody's trying to pat anybody I feel like maybe some of them I like I can imagine I can imagine Tia's first year she was like that like you can you can see people's progression over time and I imagine yeah. that like there was probably people like she was a bit of a crier I remember just based off that first documentary she was a bit of a crier and she's mm-hmm. very like you know hard on herself and stuff so I feel like yeah. pe- if people did see you they were probably like been there yeah. <laughs> so like you know it's like I'm yeah. not getting involved but I've been there right but they're like that's your own ship dude you, you yeah, gotta yeah, yeah. sink or sail I'm not helping you that's 100 <laughs> and, and like rightfully so like yeah. I think that that's part of the journey and part of it um so and, and two like I think at that time I was like oh I want to make some friends like I want to like meet people like I'm so excited about that part like that's not really like a goal necessarily like if I meet another athlete that I connect with well like great but like it's not, I'm not there to make friends type of deal anymore, you know, like, so that mentality changes as well. But, um, but yeah, so I uh, started after the games um, that like emotional crying and stuff went on for like almost three months before I finally got into therapy and started working through some stuff. um, Can I ask, like with the the crying and stuff, Mm -hmm. was it just like, like randomly, was it like you'd, you know spill some cereal and start crying or was it like you just be sitting on the sofa like go to turn on your tv and just burst in like was there triggers yeah. or was it just like random it was even if the triggers like, were irrational was there still triggers or was it just like out of nowhere um not so much irrational it's probably just like anxiety triggered like if my if my like thoughts if I just kind of lost control okay. of my thoughts one thing and then other times it would just be like tears coming out of nowhere and they would go for like hours at a time and like I really thought that I was like, there's something wrong with me. And I was like freaking out. And so later on through therapy, I started to understand that I was just, I was really going through like a massive grieving process of like understanding my childhood a bit more and like, uh, like childhood trauma and stuff like that. And like, um, and so what was hitting me was like just these emotions that had been pushed down for so long, like they were just coming up. And that was the part where it was like, I had no control of it. It's like, it was going to happen no matter what. And I had to just let it flow and let it come out how it wanted to. So basically like the experience at the games essentially opened a door and then there was all this shit behind the door that like yes. you didn't even know was in there and you right. didn't know that it was, uh, yeah. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Right. And, and that's what my therapist kind of said was just like, you know, you push yourself so hard between training and working full time, you know, for so long throughout the season that like it just kind of hit ahead it just sucked that it happened to be at the games, you know? Um, And so took that through the season. I quit coaching uh, the following year. So that was 21 to January, 2022. I stopped coaching and 
I'd been doing that for years. Like I loved coaching CrossFit. Um, and I went over to Africa and I stayed with family over there for like six, eight weeks or so as I was just kind of going through all of this. Um, so I did like take off work in a sense. They must have thought you were a great fun. <laughs> <laughs> Like Those your cousin, your, your cousin Michelle is coming to say, it's like, oh, wow, I haven't seen her since. And then you just arrived. Like, mascara. <laughs> it's just like a mess. Yeah, literally. They're like oh holding up the, the Michelle side of the airport. And they just start folding it. They're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, fuck, so fuck, she saw us. She saw us. <laughs> Those poor guys. Yeah. Like, and so and I, I trained. I did train with um, some of the competitors out there for a while. And I started to feel a bit better, um, but it was, was still. Was, I was CrossFit still? Were you just like kind of doing stuff that you've always done, or was it like, oh, I want to see if I can get back? Like, was that even a thought? Uh, like during that period, were you like, oh, maybe someday, or were you like, no, I'm, I'm just training to train? I really wanted to make it back, but I was so half foot in, half foot out that, like, mm. as much as I wanted to be in the gym, like my mind and body were like just absolutely against it I could be doing I could train for like a day or two and then I would be exhausted and so sore and I was still having these like emotional ways of like crying in and out and so it was so off the whole time and if I had just listened to myself and like taken a step back and be like you know what the season's like not meant for me like I need to just chill out but I instead it was like I didn't know how to let go of CrossFit like i I didn't know what else to do yeah, with myself. Cause it's like, you know, it's all, you know, for like the longest time. And so, um, that just like made the process even longer, um, push myself through the season. And I like, I still am so surprised that I podiumed with like how shitty I felt and like how terrible my prep had been to try to get to semis that year. Um, and it just like was not meant to be. And I'm so glad I didn't make it because, mm. And I still didn't understand that right afterwards, but, um, and then also through that time, me and my coach had started to kind of go in different directions. Like I really wanted to progress and like, you know, um, get around other athletes and like, uh, work on my running and like work on all these things. And he at the time was starting to kind of, um, focus on his family and his business a little bit more, which is great. Mm. But we had been together like coach and athlete for since I was probably like 17 I'd known him and for both of us it was really hard to like step away um and I also didn't know how to like find someone else to go put my trust into as a coach um so there was just so much going on like <laughs> it's like a hard time to navigate and then post semis I finally just like threw in the towel and I was like I'm not doing CrossFit and like until I feel good like I feel so terrible in every aspect of my life like I don't care to crossfit or anything like that um until I fix all this other stuff and that's when I finally like threw in the towel and just let what was happening happen you know mm. I think uh I read somewhere some circular or something that you're not supposed to use crossfit as a verb but I'll let you away with that uh oh. <laughs> um no? yeah but that is it is I can't remember where I saw it like I think Savan showed it to me or something but it's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever seen it's like do like do say this don't say this and it's like do say i'm going to go to crossfit don't say i'm going to crossfit and i don't like that yeah you can't refer to someone as a crossfitter but you can say that someone does cross i can't remember there's a there's like a do and don't and like 
all the don'ts. I was like, I do that. I do that. Yeah. I do that. Like the whole way down. Um, okay. So then, and then, um, uh, after, so the semifinals were like mm-hmm. May 2022, yeah. basically we're up to, uh, and then did you go back to the States after that? Like straight away? Um, not you, straight or away. You, or did you burden your <laughs> African cousins for a bit longer? <laughs> I did. Until oh, they ran I out so of did. like Kleenex yeah. and like tissues and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I stayed, I think, like another two weeks and just like chilled. And even yeah. even my prep for semis, I would go box and I would go kite surf and like, or learn how to kite surf. I was trying to learn how. And I wasn't even doing like a full yeah. prep. I was just like barely gymming. But, um, then I came back and I remember did, I had sorry, one friend. Sorry, did you, did you notice a change after when, so you were in Africa for a while before semifinals and then you did semifinals and then you were in for another while afterwards. Did you notice a change in yourself after, like when that was gone, was it like, was there a burden lifted when that was gone or was it still just the same as it had been prior to semifinals? It was still the same and um, a bit worse because I looked at the games as a failure and then I like tried to make it back yeah, and like okay. that was a failure. And so I just felt like my whole CrossFit, like everything I put into CrossFit was a big flop. I was like, oh, well, I really fucked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I was pretty upset about it for a while. Um, well, what's that, what's that uh, thing? You can't be pissed off at the work you didn't do. So if you're out kite surfing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so um and I had a friend at the time, uh, he, he was like, I'd been kind of talking to him throughout this process. And he was finally like, look, Mish, if you don't make like, if you call me a month from now, and you haven't made any changes, like, I'm not going to feel bad for you. Like, I'm just not like, I'll have this conversation with you again. But like, you're getting no sympathy from me, you know, yeah. and like, it was such good, like, honesty. And um, that like, I was like, okay, I don't want to call him a month from now and still be upset at where I'm at. And so that's when I really decided to like step away from my coach and like, all right, well, how, how am I going to change this? Like, what can I do to get myself back in a better position, I guess? Um, and so you came home uh, and how long after you came home did you, or how, how did the relationship with Brute start? Was that just like a, you saw their athletes doing well and thought, oh, that could be good? Yeah, um, I think... Matt had been recommended to me by like two other people. Um, and I, I obviously know of all the other programs out there, but mm. there wasn't too many that I really felt like I maybe would align with. Um, and so I reached out to Matt. I also reached out to underdog at the time. Um, and I was kind of going between those two. Uh, and I liked that Matt was like a bit more one-on-one because that was more so the situation I had with my last coach. And he understood my situation. He understood that I was burnt out. I told him at the time, I was like, dude, I'm probably like two years out from ever making the games again. Like I physically and mentally just felt so terrible. Um, And so he was like, I'll work with you. And we did, we like progressed very slowly back into things. Um, At one point I was only working out like an hour a day, like four days a week. And so it was really just getting to a point where I'm like enjoying it. I really didn't put anything on competing at this point. I was like, I don't care if I compete right now. It's like, when you're at that point where like, I don't even want to be in a gym. I don't want to step in a gym. Like that's to me felt like such a low that like, I never want to be in that point again. You know, like Mm -hmm. I don't, if I'm not competing, but I'm at least getting 45 minutes in and I'm taking care of myself. Like that's enough for me. Like competing now is just a bonus. I just never want to put myself in a position where like, I hate any type of physical activity or I hate taking care of myself because I've, you know, trashed my mind and my body in some sense so Mm. um 
yeah, so me and Matt worked together for a few months. I did that Italy competition in that time. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to compete, but I did get some team offers. Oh, that's my roommate. (laughs) And so I was debating team. I was like, okay, well, I don't feel like I can go indie right now. Like maybe team's a good option to kind of just pull myself back into this space. Um, And then see Matt got his, like, I think he took over brute. Like he's now the CEO and stuff. And so I know his plate got really full And the other piece for me is like, I was training by myself for Mm. six years and I really wanted to be around other athletes and be in like a coaching or being a training environment. Um, And I felt like I needed that. And so he didn't really have a spot for me down in Naples at the time, which is totally fine. Um, And so as that was kind of happening, I happened to go to Charlotte and um, meet Taylor and stuff like that. And I, it was instantly like a training group. Like there was people around, like I saw Taylor training, which was like so inspiring just coming off that knee injury. And the dude just goes so hard all the time. <laughs> like, like I don't understand. <laughs> and so that was really nice. Like I really loved that. And um, it got me back into the gym. And so then Matt and me kind of separated and um, I started training and working out with Taylor a little bit and then I was like you know do you want to take on any athletes and he at first he was like no like I don't I don't want to do that and then he came back to me like two days later he's like maybe we can just see how it goes and I was like that's fine because I also didn't really know him at the time either and I was like we can just see how it goes but I did had been following his programming for a little bit and I did like his programming and so that's why I was open to kind of working together Hmm. um what what are those conversations like? Like I'm um historically I'm quite bad at those kind of uh like avoidance is my that's my bre- that's, that's my bread <laughs> yeah, and butter. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, if I just don't talk to them, <laughs> they'll understand. If I just like if I if I say if I'm talking to someone about some like opportunity or something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. And then if I just don't connect with them about it at all, at some point they'll be like oh, this is dead. That's what's happening. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then just conversation will revert back to the way it was before where we just talk about other things. Um, but like, I assume you have to, I mean, you kind of said there about your, your first court coach in Cornelius that it was kind of like, it almost sounded like a relationship, like a relationship breakup. Like it was like, neither of you wanted it to end, but both of you knew it had to end, but mm-hmm. you know, still it's hard. Um, and then with Matt, it's obviously a newer, um, partnership or whatever. Uh, and then you you then have to go back and be like, oh, actually, like, are they right. awkward conversations or is it just kind of, is everyone so used to that happening in fitness that or in coach athlete thing that it's just kind of fine? Um, for, for my experience, like with my first coach, it, there was, def- it was definitely awkward and it was like quite sad. Like, you know, like he was like a dad to me almost. Mm. And, um, it was just, we were just going in different directions. And as much as he like did want to coach me, he couldn't keep up with the the sport and like just the level that it was developing at. And mm. so it wouldn't be fair to me anyways. So that was a hard time to like take that split for sure. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a conversation. It was just like, I was like, I'm going to take a break from the sport. And he was like, that's fine. And like, we just kind of lost um, communication. And then with Matt, we had a conversation. Um, we... I just said like, you know, like I really want a training environment. And um, he told me that his plate was full at the time, which I really appreciated because 
you know, it's like, if you can't give me a hundred percent as a coach, like that wouldn't be fair anyways. And so he was like, you know, I'm going to focus on my athletes down here in front of me. Um, and he did try to, uh, have me work with another brute coach. Like he was like, I'm not leaving you high and dry. Like Mm. I have this other option for you. Um, but at the time I was just like starting to connect with Charlotte and the training environment. So it kind of worked the way it was supposed to, but I will say that like working with map brought me back into this, like the idea of CrossFit, like it took me out of that, like initial burnout. It got me back in the gym and then Taylor himself, like he's, I think that environment and him is the reason that like I've made the games this year, 100%. So Mm. just happened, happened how it was supposed to. But even like there, there seems to be like, you see, it seems to me from the outside looking in that you've found, so your original setup was like your classic affiliate, like community my chair is so loud my god uh your classic (laughs) your classic uh affiliate community like you know a close group um and you were like maybe the outlier of the group that was like oh shit she's really good at crossfit like um Mm -hmm. and then you had the opportunity of the brute setup which is obviously fantastic because they're Mm -hmm. you know the really successful athletes and coaches and everything um but it's like an artificial setup do you know what I mean like it's like mm-hmm. it's only those guys it's not like there is no community um I'm wor- I'm wording that like it's an insult and I don't mean to like it's like there it's it's a training camp like it's not like there's just randomers like you know hey how did you get your hair done yesterday like you know that kind of shit isn't really happening yeah. like our kid people dropping their kids off and stuff but now in Charlotte, it seems like you found a perfect blend of both of those things where you have that community feel like you're basically like best friends with Taylor's other half. You mm-hmm. like go on vacation with them and stuff. Then you've got like Taylor as your coach and training partner. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've also got like, you know, no disrespect to him, but people like Will who are like not, you know, like not having aspirations to be like, I'm going to be an elite athlete, but are just going to train and have fun and stuff and other people like that. But then you also have, that dynamic of, or that group of people who are like, oh, I would like to make semifinals or, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year or whatever. So you have got that. It seems to me that you've got that perfect blend of both those options that athletes have of training on your own. You've got a garage gym training as part of an affiliate and a community. You've got that Mm -hmm. with like Taylor, his other half and all those other people and stuff. And then training as part of an elite training camp. You've got that of Taylor and the other guys. So Like, it seems like it is kind of the perfect blend. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it like, it really did feel like it just kind of like fell into my lap. Like, uh, I said this on the Savon podcast, like the reason I went there was because I went on a date with this guy and he was like, you should come to my gym. And I was like, okay. And like, it just, I just, yeah, it just kind of happened. And it was a good vibe. And that was like the first time all year that I like felt like, okay, this, this feels good. I I'm not unsure about it. I just know that it feels good. So I'm, I'm just going to see how it pans out, you know, Mm. and I had no expectations to compete. So it was just nice to be in the gym and like not hate it for once. Um, but it is, it's like such a well-rounded blend of all of that. And, um, this year too, like I took that coaching side out of it where like, I just didn't take that on as a responsibility. And so CrossFit Charlotte does a really good job of having their like competitive side as well as their affiliate side and both sides support each other. Like there's a really big respect for both sides. And that's a nice thing that you don't often see in gyms. I feel like, Oh, it's usually the first thing that gets fucked up. 
Like it's yeah. usually the yeah. first, the people always fall right. at the first hurdle where the like competitors class becomes like the intimidating thing and it's like separate right. and it's guys, we need to move out of the way now because you know, the real big dicks are coming in or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's usually yeah. The f- people always like fall at, or usually fall at the first hurdle with that shit. So fair play to them for that. Yeah. Yeah. They do a great job of that. And I, you know, like I get the brute thing, like it's not, it's, I don't take any offense to that. Like when you have a training environment, especially a good one, you should be particular on who you let in and oh in man, your one, space. one person can fuck it up. Not saying oh. that you would have, but like, <laughs> no, one, but like, like 100%. Yeah. 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 You, I mean like, and then if you lose I, it, it's like, good luck getting that back. Even if you get rid of right. the person that like messed up the chemistry and it could be like right. a really nice person that yeah. like with oh, no yeah. problem but then you bring it just mm-hmm. sets two it could set two separate people off against each other or inadvertently cause some kind of reaction yeah it's 100 oh, so like personality dynamics yeah. and just like yeah so you know I get all of that stuff and it's not like I went to Charlotte and I just like jumped into all that I it, it progressed for me like I was very reserved at first um to change gyms was like a huge thing and like even now just like being able to be so open and responsive and like how I am on this podcast. I wasn't like that back in November. Like I was much more reserved, like much more just like protective of like where I was at. And so, um, you know, I had to build those relationships and connect with those people in due time. It wasn't like, it was just something that like I got to dive right into. It's, it's something that I had to, you know, build into, which I'm just very grateful for, but, um, yeah, I I get both sides of it, you know? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this is, I love how Peter sounds like he'd be in Snatch alongside Brad Pitt. I think that that's, an, that the fact that he says I love makes that sound like it's a compliment. Yeah, I, I think we should take it as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's like kind of saying someone sounds like, what was that Tom Cruise movie, like Far and Away or something, where he's like, oh, be Jesus, look at the street. You know, like real, like <laughs> fake, like over the top Irish accent. I know that wasn't Brad Pitt's accent still. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just perpetuating stereotypes, really. Um, mm. Okay, so then, uh, like, do you think that that's adding to your, um, do you think that that's adding to your, um, I guess, like, desire to want to do well and stuff? Because you're, like, you are fully invested in Charlotte now, where you've got, mm-hmm. you know, you've got friends that are in there with you and then other friends that are connected to the community, but indirectly or whatever, where, like, your life is really there now um do you think that that's adding like kind of fuel to the fire of like like obviously it's great for taylor and his business that you're going to the games and it's great for his reputation as a coach and mm-hmm. it's great for the gym it's great for charlotte that they've another games athlete going and stuff like there's all that stuff to consider too right yeah it's definitely um... or is that kind of pressure that you don't want to put on yourself <laughs> and i'm after like pulling at a thread that i shouldn't yeah <laughs> like thanks um uh no yeah, there's definitely that aspect to it. And it's with the amount of like energy and time and effort Taylor put into my season and like training with me. And for a while, like we really didn't even consider semis until we made semis. Um, He was just being really patient with me and letting me come back into the sport on my terms and still like pushing me. But we found this really good dynamic of like understanding how to work together. And so for me, like, I obviously want to give back something like I'm so grateful that he um, decided to coach me this year. And so being able to give him that, you know, games athlete and like give Charlotte that like, 
I am really happy. It, it is, it was a thought on my mind, but it wasn't like a necessary pressure I was putting on myself pre-semis. Um, the only thing I wanted coming out of semis was to have a better experience and to like enjoy it. I just, it was so bad last year all around. And so for me, it was almost like, okay, you know, I'm going to give CrossFit one more attempt this year to end on a good note. And if I make it cool, if I don't make it, at least I had a better experience to end CrossFit on, you know, and, and that's kind of my, that was my approach going into the season. Um, so if I make it cool, if I make it less cool, but still kind of Um, yeah yeah. did that did that did that mindset prevail over the weekend was there dips during the weekend like were were you ever was there ever like oh shit I'm heading back to like the negative kind of headspace about it Mm -hmm. the the mindset held pretty close up until the competition and I I've been sticking in therapy once a week um like since the games and so we did work on this leading into competition but a lot of it when I started getting closer to having to travel and then especially being over there. Oh, because the like, therapist wasn't there, so it's harder, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I went out there without Taylor and Will. They only came the day before. But, um, you know, a lot of the experience that I had last year started to pop back up. So you just, like, you start to associate things with stuff mm. you already know. And so a lot of negativity would come in and out through the weekend, um, and especially pre-competition. And I had to just keep pulling myself back to, like, same thing I just said. It's like, okay, winning is one thing, but we're here to like enjoy it and like have a good experience and not <laughs> hate every minute of it. <laughs> like I had to stick back to that goal. Um, otherwise I think I would have quickly lost myself. But that week of, it definitely became like, I was like, if I don't win, that's just like really not worth it. Like it, you, you, you were, definitely you, want to win. Yeah. You're in a bit of a hole as well, though, weren't you? You pulled it back. Like you, you were out of qualifying for a good while. I got a um, penalty in quarterfinals, which was rightfully so. I messed up some of my V ups, like quite a few of my V ups, um, and I. So they penalized me for that, and that's why I dropped back, um, which was okay. Like I, I knew I was going to get that penalty. I did the workout, and then after the fact, I was like, "Shit, those were not good reps." Um, and it was my own fault. I didn't properly read the standard. So that was on me. Um, so I'm perfectly fine with that penalty, but I also knew like past day one, I would bump up to, I was like, I'll get myself into the first heat, but yeah. Um, yeah. How much did Taylor pay you to say that it was your fault and, (laughs) (laughs) and not his. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's my fault. I own that mistake. (laughs) No. I just like, I, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't paying attention. I should have been, um, but, and then through the weekend, a lot of that, that up and down was happening. Um, that was the first time that I had ever been in competition. Like usually I would get really bad nerves before the competition starts. Like, you know, that feeling where you're like nauseous, like, and so I was expecting that and I never really had it before that first workout. And I was just like, Oh, I think I just feel prepared. Like, I think I just feel ready to like, do this and that was like a cool thing to experience because up until that weekend I would just be like a nervous wreck until that three two one go you know um and then that first workout was really rough I felt good going into it and then in it I felt terrible like the running felt horrific and my it just was initially like first workout mental battle the entire time like the entire 25 minutes 
Yeah. And um, I placed much better than I thought I was going to. But mentally, I didn't have as much capacity to push myself than I thought I was going to. And so it wasn't even physical while I'm like on the runner and I'm pulling the sled. It was just like keeping myself checked in was was so hard for whatever reason. Um, so then what was the next workout? Uh, the muscle up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had to pull it back for that. I was like, this is something that I can lock in a bit better too. We practiced it quite a bit that week of, um, and like locked in a bit better there. And then Linda the next morning was okay. Um, and then that running snatch workout. So the few weeks leading into semis, I injured my hamstring. So I couldn't really run in long strides. I had to take these like short choppy steps. So my running really got hindered. Um, and it's already like my weakest thing. Um, and I lost, I had like a 27 point lead or something from the first three workouts and then won the snatch, but on the snatch back to the run, I took like a 15th place and I lost my point lead completely Mm. and dropped to second. And so when I found that out, just like cried, I was like, it's over, like it's done. And Taylor, like, <laughs> and that was the end of me. day. That was end of two. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. And you had two events left on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So then and I knew, yeah, I knew Taylor's I was like, like trying to pull you out of it then that night mm-hmm. basically. But then yeah. it's even like, that's the thing as well that I, I always feel bad if someone has a shit finish to a day. If you say, if you're, if Linda hadn't gone well, but then mm-hmm. you won the snatch event like an hour later or whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, you're flying. But when you have, a lack of redemption opportunity for like 14, 15 hours. That's a long time to be like, I fucked it up. I've ruined it. Like it's gone. <laughs> as, as opposed to like walking off Linda and being like, well, oh, geez, I really fucked that one up. At least we've got the snatch event in an hour. Yes. Oh my, literally to a T, like you're just sitting in that for so long. Yeah. And I immediately was just like, I can't get those points back. Like, or I, I, I also, not that I couldn't get the points back. It was like, I knew that I would have to, place really well in the next two if not win them and that was a lot of pressure and that was hard to sit in as well of having that and so Sunday morning it was just like so intense and I don't know you like there's some people that are like you know like just fuck off leave me alone like don't talk to me I just Mm -hmm. need to like wallow in this and I'll come out of it or whatever but like obviously you presumably don't have that thought of like I'll be fine just leave me alone I'll come out of it myself thinking like well the last time it took me like six months um so like (laughs) when is Taylor like sitting down beside you being like because obviously you can't it'd be disingenuous to say like hey look everything's gonna be fine like it's just hollow it's like telling someone to it's like telling someone to calm down when they're pissed off it's like well that's then i would tell him to fuck off yeah (laughs) yeah so like is he like um tough loving is he like you know compassionate is he gentle is he saying like you know fucking sort yourself out like this is you know like what, what kind of approach is taken he has or does he just try everything is he like (laughs) hey it's okay slugger like don't worry you fucking piece of shit is he just like flip-flopping is he just being tailored yeah like no (laughs) this is the the coaching part of him was very much like smart and strategic to only really like put on my plate what I needed like he Mm. didn't he didn't say things like okay we have to win the next two workouts right 
he didn't like put any type of pressure or whatever on if anything the coaching side really just like was like hey remember why we're here remember what we're what we're after right and then the athletic or athlete side of him was like um able to combat like my negative thoughts and this was one of the coolest things over the weekend that I had never really experienced with a coach or just in general it's like I these negative thoughts start running through your head and without realizing it you're like repeating them or you're thinking them or whatever and so I would just like say like dude like I don't know if I can go unbroken on those snatches or like I don't know if like I can win that next workout or whatever and so I would say whatever that negative pressing thought was and all he would do is just combat it with something like more positive or like a different perspective he's like okay well let's go 10 and 10 or you know like I, I think I said like I don't know if I can do that he's like okay but what if you try and you do do it you know like it just he just gave me a positive perspective to sink into rather than dwell in like that other shit for 14 hours you know and I think he could do that because he understood the position I was in because he has that athletic side himself. You know, he's an athlete too. And so having that really helped my mentality in those low points, because it was literally this all weekend long. Like it was never just we're chilling, like it was up and down. And um, that was what was some of the biggest game changers for me. And so we went into Sunday, we had a game plan. Um, I knew that it was like a decent workout for me. And the first overhead squat, I like missed. So I like got it up and dropped it. And then I had to catch up, but I still went like 10 and 10 consistent on the row, the two legless. I was like, okay, cool. And then I took the lead on the, the strict handstand pushups. And then I got to the rope first. So I did my first rope. Oh, that was the one. That was a fucking ridiculous race. I remember that now. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And so then the two girls that I had to beat, which was Christina and Mariska, um, they did their first rope. And then I went up for my second and I failed it. And I was so mad. I was so livid. And I, because I was like, okay, what's well, done? I just fucking lost it. Like you, once you fail a legless, you yeah. have to wait. Like, so then Christina went up, failed. Mariska went up, failed. And I just look at Taylor and he's like, just wait, like, just wait. And we're all standing there for like, well, we're sitting, we're stretching our forearms. We're chill. It's like three minutes, three or four minutes. This clock is running and it's so intense. And it, we were just waiting on who was going to go first. And so finally the fourth girl, I, I'm going to say her name wrong. We Guillermo or something, but she went up and she made her second. And so then we had to go. I think the other two girls went and then I went, but I led the handstand walk. I went unbroken there. So yeah. then me and Christina got to the rower around the same time. Mariska pulled so fast on her row and then we all got to the bar at the same time and then I was the only one that stayed unbroken I think Christina might have stayed unbroken too I can't remember but I snuck out like one or two reps ahead of her and that's how that one or that win happened but like just insane like it was so insane but that it's mad because like that whole workout is basically like it's basically like a weird metaphor for the last like for that competition and for the last like 12 months of like these moments of like oh shit that was close to mm-hmm. oh I really fucked this up now and it's over and one of them goes like oh actually maybe it's not fucked up it's maybe it's okay and then like Taylor calming you down and coaching you through a rough moment and then you coming out on top yeah like, it's really like yeah yeah it's like, perfect and 
that was like the first time really understanding of like how to stay in it to the last second, like truly stay in it to the last second. Cause yeah. you just never know, you know, and obviously depending on the workout, I guess, but like, that was such a good learning experience. Um, that one and the last one too are probably like top five workouts that like I remember that have just like some of the best athletic moments for myself I would say do you mean athletic as in capability or like mentally probably mentally and athletically because when when your mind's locked in then I think you can physically go more than you realize you know um so games training now um is it like is this your favorite type of training like is this the this the glory days is this like the this, it's sunny you're outside you're swimming yeah. you're flipping pigs like is this 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 is why you do it like mm-hmm. this is like the best part I, I love games training because there's just so many variables there's so many things to practice and then the stress is off like yeah you've done you've got to where you need to go you just now you just need to yes. do it basically yeah yes. and is taylor yeah. like because taylor is passionate um about coaching uh programming mm-hmm. and the games and the sport like he's real dork about like the <laughs> sport and stuff um so when he's kind of leading the charge and when he's like you know writing the stuff down for you and you know you're going through what are you are you like oh shit like i've never thought of it that way before like is he is it different doing it with him than your previous experience of getting ready for I suppose, especially the games, because it like there are unknowns and unknowables, but it's a bit more predictable. You know, it's going to be like somewhere around fifteen events. You know, there's going to be like a swim somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be like probably some kind of cycling, odd objects like the pig, that kind of stuff. But when you see him like piecing together workouts, are you like, oh shit, this is exactly like <laughs> something that will be at the games? Yeah, that's that's one thing I love is that he's he just like knows all that and he's in all that and he'll think and like be up to date with things that like I just I'm just not paying attention to because I'm I'm paying attention to just my athletic stuff and so him being able to figure all that stuff out just takes a lot off my shoulders and he does he comes up with like stuff that I just like wouldn't think of to practice or to bring in um and it, it's really nice like it's, it's good stuff he mm-hmm. he knows his programming for sure and then one of my other favorite things about his programming is like he builds in a lot of volume, but not in a way that like you feel like you're doing a ton of volume and that's huge. Um, and it's been huge this season because we've been playing catch up since January, you know, like I was off last year. So we were, we've just been trying to catch the ball since the season started. And um, we've really progressed a lot in the last like five months. And a lot of it has to do with like how he's programmed and what he programs um he's really good at that for sure yeah but it's interesting like there's uh travis um he follows self-made as well i think nice. um but he says love uh taylor's programming and like i do self-made uh to a degree like um mm-hmm. i do like kind of machine made <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay yeah it's like ai made um no but i do self-made but I, like i don't get to do it all the time i do it when i can but um i like i'd say there's other athletes that will be envious of the level of detail and thought that you're getting put into what you're doing mm-hmm. just solely bit him and Andre Hude, I think are kind of similar just based oh, yeah. solely off the amount of fucking detail he puts into like a random Tuesday's workout for a dickhead like me 
<laughs> like what must he be thinking about for people mm-hmm. like and then the competitors one is like really in depth but then like yeah. obviously you're doing something different and like you right. know emily when she was for semis was doing something different and like it's crazy to me like there aren't enough hours in the day like i like yeah. i just don't know where he finds the time to be like with yeah. his little whatever crossfit microscope like tapping away like you know it's crazy yeah. like and he has his, you know, he does, he still coaches classes. Yeah. He has his own programming that he follows. He also podcasts, like, you know, the guy does a lot and he does it well. Um, Always replies to texts really quickly as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? It's just, he's got, he must have those, like, you know, those Google glasses yeah. where he can, like, reply yeah. with his eyes or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Um, okay, so then if the, if the, season so far was like oh let's see what's happening in the open and let's see what happens at quarterfinals and then okay here's an opportunity for a bit of redemption either podium wise or just personally wise at mm. semi-finals what where do you go from here then is it still like one step at a time is it still just like well let's have a better experience than the last time or like what's the plan mm-hmm. from now on yeah so um the when i came back like initially i like panicked again and i was like well so i came back and my my family my mom, my dad, and I have two older brothers. Um, they were super excited, like very proud. It was awesome. And they were like, we want to come watch you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like that, that felt like a lot of pressure to me. And I, you know, I said like, they were like, we're going to make it the family trip. We're going to come out and watch. And I was like, dad, like I got cut last time. Like, I don't want you guys to come out and spend all that money. Just yeah. see me get cut again. Like, it's I don't like, have know. You, have you seen the price of tickets? Like what's <laughs> yeah. going to sell his business? Like dad, <laughs> like four tickets (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um and he was just like you know he he was sweet and was like it's not we don't care what you do like it's the family trip we want to come support you it was very sweet my brothers have never seen me compete so I'm very excited and I initially put pressure on myself right away and then I had to I had to break this down like it scrambled my thoughts for a good week I was like stressing out I was I didn't know I I put a wall up in my mind until after semis. Like I didn't think about anything past mm. that weekend that once I got past the weekend, I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and so, um, I had to reassess and, and go back to just taking one day at a time. That's where I'm at now. And one training day at a time, because when you look at eight weeks and you get back into that first week and you feel like shit because you just peaked and now you're coming down and it's like, yeah. Oh, but peak again, it's a really, those first couple of weeks are really hard to navigate mentally and physically. And then I had to kind of assess like, okay, what do I want out of this again? And it's the same thing. Like I want to go to the games and want to have a good experience. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it with different people. Like I have a different support system coming. Um, and I want to be more present. That's a huge thing. Uh, I don't feel like I was very present last time. And then my goal is to not get cut. Like, that would be, I think, a good achievement for me for this year, just the way the years panned out and like how much time I've had to actually be able to put into the season. That's kind of what I'm, I'm basing things off of right now. And I feel really settled in that. Um, But other than that, I'm not trying to put any expectation on it. Um, Because a lot of the time for me, when I think about competition, like, you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. You don't. Yeah, you, you can have, I think it's good to have a goal, but I don't have, um, expectations so hmm. it's interesting that you want to have it as a good experience mm. but then you agree to share a house with hiller and taylor <laughs> it's like 
jo- like you've already fucked it up. <laughs> like just for, for you haven't even gotten there. And My you've grave ruined. is stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Everything. So we'll it's see an uphill battle. After that, yeah. Um. Well, listen. It's been great getting to talk to you. I'm, I'm really excited to see what you can do. Um, thank you so much. I, yeah, the I podcast re- is awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, I really hope you get your the experience that you want and that you deserve. I think this year. Um, best of luck with the rest of your games training, and uh, you know, I hope the volume stays at a perceived level that's acceptable. <laughs> Realistic. That, yeah. yeah. To any other human would be like, "What the fuck is she doing?" But you kind of feel it's okay. Um. And yeah, thanks for coming on, and we'll catch up. Uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll call over the house uh, in Madison. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll that'd be up. awesome. Yeah, it'd be awesome. great. Great to see you. Um, but thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you, Peter. You have a good one. Thank you.